Hello there, and welcome back to the Mets Council podcast, your podcast for counseling regarding the New York Mets. I am your host, John Anthony Arisso, and this week we're going to talk about the free agents that are Mets. So the impending free agents that were on the 2022 Mets, but might not be on the 2023 Mets. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Obviously, we'll talk about the big guys. We'll talk about the the little guys, too, and what I think who we should sign and who we shouldn't sign. And, uh, yeah. So, I, I planned on doing the, you know, I did the offensive free agents in general, right? Just the general impending offensive free agents last week. And I was going to do the pitching this week, but there are basically our entire rotation and our entire bullpen, basically they're all free agents. So I can't talk about the impending free agents from other teams that I'd like if I don't talk about what I'd like to do with the players that were on our team. Um, obviously, I think without a doubt, we got to talk about the big three. Uh, the big three free agents are Jacob deGrom, Edwin Diaz, and Brandon Nemo. Those are the three big ones. We have to talk about everyone else. Important, but, you know, they're not the big three. They're not the big three for a reason. Um, Jacob DeGrom, let's just get him out of the way, right? Best pitcher in baseball, let's talk about him. Um, he, obviously, if it were up to me, he's a Met for the rest of his career. Um, now, I, I don't know... What, you know, going back to 2015 and, and the Wilmer Flourish trade and talking about that, how sometimes you have to think with your mind and not your heart. Obviously, my heart as a Mets fan, as a lifelong Mets fan, my heart says Jacob DeGrom needs to be a Met for life, right? Um, my mind says that too. I mean, he is the best pitcher in baseball. There will be people. And, you know, with Bassett, we'll see this with Bassett too. And, that Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer and even Bassett didn't really have a good end of the season, right? Um, there was that one start against Pittsburgh where DeGrom gave up a three-run homer to O'Neill Cruz. I love O'Neill Cruz. He's one of my favorite players. I have his rookie card. Favorite non-Mets, I should say. Favorite One of my favorite non-Mets. Um, so, but I wasn't panicking. People were panicking. Oh my gosh, Jacob DeGrom gave up three runs. Oakland, um, you know, that one start in Oakland, Jacob DeGrom just didn't look like himself. And I I just think it happens. It happens um, as much as we do not think that Jacob DeGrom is a human. He's a human. He is. Uh, that being said, he's still a fantastic pitcher. Um, I mean, we look at the wild card, right? I know we don't want to look at it. I know it might be too soon, but we kind of have to. He was the only one out of him, Max, and and Bassett that kept us in the game. We we won the game Jacob deGrom started. And I'm not saying Jacob deGrom threw seven scoreless innings. No, you know, but believe he gave up two or three runs. You know, he, he... didn't implode like Scherzer did and and Bassett did. And this isn't to put Scherzer and Bassett down. It's more to, you know, lift DeGrom up uh, here. 
where, you know, I, I just think DeGrom has a high upside. And I think the team has shown, right, now you can use this information either way. You could use this to support your argument to keep him or to get rid of him. I, I think, obviously, the, the biggest concern is that he's getting older. He might get hurt more. He's been hurt the last few years. Okay, okay. The big thing that I do want to say is this team has shown throughout basically the entire season that they can win without Jacob deGrom, right? Now, that that can go either way, that argument, right? Obviously, they could win without him. We don't need him. We don't need to sign him. Let's spend the money somewhere else. But what I would say is actually, okay, so this team can win without Jacob deGrom. Obviously, you're hoping if you're paying a pitcher the most money, right? Because that's what deGrom wants. He wants more than Scherzer. That's all he wants, and he deserves that for being Jacob deGrom. Um, obviously, if you're paying a player to be the highest paid pitcher annually ever. You want him to pitch all season, but God forbid, knock on wood, God forbid, we sign him and, you know, he gets hurt or something. You just need him for the postseason, right? That's what I said all of this year. Max and Jake, you know, Jake's out for the first half of the year. Okay, the, the rest of the team has to carry us as long as he's healthy for the postseason. As long as Max is healthy for the postseason, he had a little injury stint there. Now, it didn't work out this year. Um, but if you're wondering my thoughts on that, view episode one. Shameless plug there. But I, I don't want to get into that. That's a whole other story of, of how I feel about the 2022 Mets. We're talking about the pitchers right now. So, um but that's what truly what I think. I think DeGrom is a weapon in the playoffs. And I think, obviously, you're signing him and they would be very confident that he could pitch over the entire year. You know, if he misses a, a few starts here and there, I'm fine with it. I don't care. I, I know there's people that I've talked to that are Mets fans that say, you're going to pay him all that money to, to not give you, you know, the most amount of starts possible. And I'd say, yeah, because he's giving you quality starts. You know, if he, if, if he gives you 28 quality starts, I, I don't care. It, cause, cause how many innings is that, that he, he's pitching that are unbelievable. He's the best pitcher in baseball. Right. Um, so I, I really would like to keep to ground. Obviously I think, that's a lot of my heart is saying that. Uh, last year, a lot of my heart said, let's keep Syndergaard. Let's keep Syndergaard. Didn't really work out well for the Angels, right? He didn't really pitch that many innings as a starter. Um, I I don't know. Again, these the executives in the Mets know more than I do. They really do know more than I do. But I, I think DeGrom and I think Diaz are in a different boat than Nimmo. They're the top three because they're three of the best player pitchers, three of the best players, excuse me, on our team. Moving on to Diaz, obviously Diaz had an electric year. He had one of the best years ever, 50% K rate for a reliever. That's higher than Mariano Rivera's, you know, prime years, some of his prime years. Um, I think Diaz, I think all three of these, 
are in a position where they like the Mets. See, people can't get it through their heads that this is not the Wilpon Mets anymore. It's it's not. Players want to be here. They don't not want to be in New York. Uh, they realize that Steve Cohen's going to pay them and that Steve Cohen's going to want to win. He's going to try to win. He's going to sign players and, and make trades and try to win. So, you know, we're, we're not, again, we're not praying for 77 wins. We we won 100 games this, this year, and that's that's an accomplishment. It really is. So Diaz has said it. DeGrom has said it. Nemo has said it. We, we want to be here. They just want the money they deserve. Because DeGrom, he deserves to be paid more. That was the one good thing Brody Van Wagenen did, was he extended DeGrom for for pretty cheap. For what you were getting, very cheap. That was a deal on the Mets' part. Um, and Diaz, again, had the best year of a reliever. Um, so he deserves more. Um, now, I think Nimmo is different. Now, the reason why I think Nimmo is different is I think DeGrom and Diaz are without a doubt the best at their position, right? DeGrom is the best starting pitcher. If you have healthy 20, even the beginning of 2021, right? Let's just go back to the beginning of 2021. If you have that DeGrom for a whole season, hands down, the best starting pitcher in baseball. Again, it's up to them whether they think he'll be healthy enough to last the whole season, but I, I think if he does, it's ha- he's hands down the best, and you can't argue that. I think Diaz currently, hands down, is the best reliever. I think maybe you can make a case for Class A on Cleveland, but he's not available. He, he's on Cleveland. You can't pick him up. In other words, you can't upgrade your closer role any better than re-signing Diaz. So re-sign him, you know. Nimmo, though. I think Nemo is, again, these are three of the guys I've been on the team for a few years. Again, my heart says, let's keep Nemo. There's plenty of great times with Nemo, uh, especially like this year with the catch, the catch he made in the Dodgers game, center field fence. That was great. I had goosebumps. But Nemo out of the three, I think, is the one that if he leaves, I think I'm okay with it. and. I think I'm okay with it because I think you can upgrade. Right? Like I said, DeGrom and Diaz are the best at their respective positions. So you can't get a better reliever than Diaz. Diaz is the best reliever on the free agent market. He is. He just is. Uh, DeGrom is, has the highest upside. I think that would be the best way to put DeGrom. Has the highest upside on of all the pitchers that are free agents this year. Nimmo... Fantastic player. I love him. I love his game, how he just gets on base. Um, He takes his walks. He gets hit by pitches a lot. Uh, He's a pesky hitter, and he really fits with the philosophy of this team. The philosophy of this team throughout the whole year was let's grind out at bats, let's get on base, and let's put the ball in play and see what happens. Good things happen when we put the ball in play. And I love that. But... I think if Nimmo walks and we sign Trey Turner as his replacement, whether Turner plays second and you move Jeff out in the outfield or Trey Turner plays center or, you know, Trey Turner is a better player than Nimmo. And and you could 
shift around the players in the outfield to make a space for Trey Turner. Um, and, and yeah, Trey Turner gets on base and he steals bases. That's something the Mets don't have, right? Marte stole like 40 bases in 2021. This year, he, he, he didn't steal that many. So the Mets don't really, you know, it, it's not that the Mets are slow. They don't have a base stealer. Um, and Nimmo is, he is the leadoff hitter right, of the Mets. He has been for the last, you know, at least three years, at least three years. He's been the, you're the leadoff hitter. You just are. Um, and Turner would take that spot and you can't worry about it. Right. So not only can Turner potentially play the position that Nimmo is playing right now, uh, I think you'd be hurt a little bit on defense if, if you do that. Um, whether you put Turner at second and then Jeff Jeff McNeil on left and Canna in center, I think you're hurting a little bit on defense than what it was in 2021, or even if you keep Canna in left and keep Jeff at second and you just put Turner in center. I, Turner hasn't played that many games in center, so I don't know if he could do that or not, but uh, I played you know, maybe like half a year in center. Um, you you are hurting defensively from that, and I, I I do think the Mets want to be a defensively sound team, but offensively you're you're not losing anything. You're losing a leadoff hitter with Nimmo, but then you're gaining probably an even better leadoff hitter with Trey Turner. Trey Turner is a better player overall, uh, and and he fits that leadoff hitter role that Nimmo fits. He just he just does it differently, right? Nimmo just gets on base and he doesn't steal. He hopes that the other guys behind him, you know, get hits and and pass the baton and he he moves on. Whereas Turner would get his own hits, hit his home hit his own home runs, excuse me, and he'd steal bases when he gets singles. So they're both effective leadoff hitters. They're just different. So. Turner would add power to the team. Um, and, you know, it, it would be a really good replacement for Nemo. So I'm not saying that I don't like Nemo. I love Nemo. Nemo's great. He's a great player. He seems to be a great guy. He seems to be a great clubhouse guy. Again, fits with the philosophy. He is, we've, it, it's really hard because you've seen him grow especially defensively in center field. He was amazing this year defensively in center field. And that's what, you know, the, that's what the, um, the team has seen too, right? It's hard to let a guy go when you've seen him grow and change and get better at the game. But, you know, if Trey Turner is only getting paid a little bit more than Nimmo, I think you got to go with Trey Turner, right? I think so. Uh, I mean, it depends on the years, and it depends everything. But it, it seems like Colorado is going to try to make their move for Nimmo. So I, I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Um, so there's the big three. Obviously, if it was up to me, and I had Steve Cohen's bank account, we're keeping them all. We're keeping them all, and we're adding more. We're adding Trey Turner at at second, and move Jeff to left, and put Cano on the bench, but. It's not up to me. I'm not the one making the baseball decisions. 
I'm just giving you the potential possibilities that are out there. So for the rest of the players, right, the, the lower valued guys, again, my thought process with DeGrom and Diaz kind of applies here. Um, that DeGrom and Diaz are the best respective players at their position. You want to keep them. Anyone else, if you can find an upgrade, perfect. Make that upgrade. If you can't, let's keep them. I, I, I think, I, I shouldn't say that in general. Let's keep them. But I think some of the guys, let's keep them. Bassett was, he was, he was a bulldog this year. He was great this year. And I want to use him as an example um, in the sense that last week I talked about all the offensive players. Soon I'll talk about all the free agents that are, um, that are pitchers, that are not Mets. And these are the guys that we know will be available. Or if there's options, potentially could be available, right? Um, but we don't know about the players that could be traded in the offseason, right? We know some rumors like Otani, which I'll cover in the future. Um, but there's some crazy trades that we don't know could even happen. And, and there are some players we don't know. Um, a year and a half ago, if you had asked me, do you know who Chris Bassett is? I would say I have no clue who he is. Never heard of him. I don't even know what team he plays for. I just, I know it's not in the NL East because I've never heard of him. Um, so I, I think Bassett's a great example in that sense that there are, there are players that we've never heard of and they could be great. They're just in in teams that we don't watch because I, I don't think I can ever say that I willingly put, I, I could tell you for sure, I've never willingly put on an Oakland A's game to say, yeah, let's just watch the Oakland A's game. Unless the Mets are playing the A's, I'm not watching them, right? Same could be said for the Rangers and other organizations. And, and, and again, I'm not dissing these organizations. I'm just saying I'm a Mets fan. That doesn't really have anything to do with me. So I don't watch them. Um, so there are players that could be traded for, and we don't know. And and I think the other great example of Bassett is Bassett was, at least I perceived him, and I think many people perceived him as the worst out of the three Oakland pitchers, right? So there was Chris Bassett, there was Sean Manaya, and then Frankie Montas, right? Those were the three Oakland uh, pitchers who were traded. Montas was traded at the deadline this year to the Yankees. Manaya and Bassett were traded over last offseason. Manaya was traded to San Diego. Um, now, the Yankees in San Diego gave up a lot more for Montas and Manaya than we did for Bassett. And Bassett was the best. He had the best year out of the three of them, right? Out of Montas, Manaya, and Bassett. Bassett was the best. And many perceived him to be the worst out of the three of them, but he had the best year. So sometimes things don't, you know, work out as what is projected. They're projections for a reason uh, because it hasn't happened yet. You can't guarantee anything is going to happen. So again, there could be some players that were like, "Oh, he he doesn't seem like a he seems like an average player." Or there are these guys that are better, but you don't know. He could break out and be great. So Bassett was a bulldog this year. I really like him. I like him because he's different, especially if you're going to keep Jake. He's a different pitcher than Jake and Max. Uh, Jake and Max are the power pitchers. 
and Bassett has the large uh, repertoire, right? He has so many options you, you can he could throw at you. So I like that in Bassett's sense. I think at the end of the year, I think with him, you know, in, in the wild card, I think he just pitched so many innings this year. He just got tired. That's what I think. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. Just like I don't think there's anything wrong. I mean, I mean, there might be an injury with Max, right? Maybe his injury didn't fully heal. But I don't think Bassett is going downhill in his career because he had a bad wild card start. I, I just think he was tired. Um, I don't know. Actually, let me look this up. I don't know how many innings he threw and if that was the largest of his career. Um, let's see. Bass, he threw doo, doo, doo. innings pitched. Yeah. Yeah. This was the most innings he's pitched in his career this year. 181 innings pitched this year. The closest was actually last year, 2021, 157. And then the third was 144. And then the fourth was 86 innings pitched. So he really hasn't pitched that many innings in general. Um, if you look at his entire career. So I think that would actually explain it. You know, that he pitched the most innings in his career during the regular season. It's probably why he was tired. Um, but, I mean, I, again, like I said, I like Bassett. I like his repertoire. I like his game. I I think he... He would be a good addition. I mean, well, not really an addition, but, you know, he'd be a good piece to keep. Now, the other two guys, the other two guys in our starting rotation, you have Taiwan Walker and you have Carlos Carrasco, um, who, I I mean, they're good. I, I They weren't horrible this year. Cookie had some bad starts here and there. He's 36. You kind of have to... You know, for someone that's not Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom, who's 36, you kind of have to expect them to have a few bad starts here and there, right? The two starts against the Astros, still, you know, I still remember those with Cookie. Uh, One start against the Braves where Cookie got hurt and then Taiwan got hurt the next night. Um, and they took two out of three from us in Atlanta or two out of four or something like that. Um, so yeah, he's had some bad starts over the year, but I'd say overall he did better than last year and, and he is a good starter and we do have a club option with him so we can decide to keep him. Um, and, and I think that's good. I think that's good. I think they can weigh their options. They could see who they want to get. And it, and if they, if no one's, you know, a decent price, they could just keep Cookie, and that's fine. I think he's good. Um, Taiwan, I, I, I don't know. I don't know about Taiwan. I, I, I don't know about him. I, I feel like last year, I, th- I think before the last two years, he really hasn't pitched this many innings. All right. Let me see. Baseball reference is loading. Um, So he pitched 157 innings this year, and he pitched 159 last year. And then if you look at 2020, 2018, and 2019, he he didn't pitch any innings those three years, basically. He pitched 53 innings in 2020, 
Again, COVID season, remember that. He pitched one inning in 2019 and then 13 in 2018. Now, once you get to before 2018, 17, 157 innings, 134, 169. So he's kind of, you know, a little bit, I would say, inconsistent over these years of his career, over the past five years of his career, a little inconsistent. Um, but again, last year he pitched 159 innings this year, 157. I mean, he, he was not horrible. He had a 447 ERA last year. If you remember last year, he had the killer first half. He had a phenomenal first half and then he kind of lost it in the second half. And this year he had a 349 ERA. I mean, he's good for, right? If number four starter, number five starter, I, I I like Taiwan. I think he's good, but I do think there are better. So I think Cookie, because he has the the club option, right? You the the Mets can decide we're going to keep you Cookie, and then they just do, right? Taiwan has a a player option, so Taiwan could stay with the Mets, or he could leave with free agency. I think if he leaves for free agency, I weigh my options. I see. Because I do think there are players on here, which I'll read next year, that are better than him, that are starting pitchers. Um, and, and yeah, and I weigh my options, see if I could get someone better than him. Uh, and, you know, see how that goes. And if I can't, then I would try to pursue him. Because we know he can pitch in New York. We know he can pitch in City Field. And he's been pretty decent for us over the last two years. Now, the bullpen. The bullpen. Talked about Edwin Diaz already. He's he's there. Um, who else do we have in the bullpen here? Adovino. I think I would re-sign Adovino. Uh, when we signed him last season, I last offseason, I really wasn't, like, over the moon about it. I wasn't, like, super excited. I didn't think he would be as good as he was. You know, I just thought, oh, he's he's a decent middle reliever guy, um, but he had a really good year. He had a re- and I again relievers disclaimer disclaimer relievers are weird. They're up and down. Sometimes they're really good and sometimes they're really bad. Um, very good recent example: Aaron Loop last year was untouchable. This year. He was not that. He he was not the player he was last year. So relievers can have a really good year now and then. Now, I think Diaz is different. There are some relievers that are different, right? Um, oh, what's his name? Hendricks, Liam Hendricks is, is pretty consistent, pretty good. Edwin Diaz, I mean, he had the bad start in New York, right? But if you look back to his days with, with Seattle, I... I would say he's pretty reliable throughout the years. There there are some relievers that are just good at their job. And then there are other relievers that are up and down. Sometimes they have good years. Sometimes they have bad years. Um, so last year, they they saw that Loop was just having an amazing year and they didn't want to resign him. And I thought that was a mistake that they didn't resign him. Um but, I mean, they got out of Eno, and, and I wouldn't say he was just as good, because I think, if I remember correctly, 
Loop had a sub one ERA last year. Um, and Adovino was good. He wasn't that good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Loop had 0.95 ERA last year. And this year he had a 3.84 ERA. So that that's a big difference. That's a, it's a very big difference there. Uh, if we look at Adovino, the guy we're talking about, um, Come on, baseball reference, load, Adovino. So, yeah, this year he had a 206 ERA. Last year he had a 421. He had a 589 ERA in 2020. In 2019, he had a 190 ERA. And then 2018, he had a 243 ERA. So you could see it's kind of, you know, some years he's really good, like, in 2019, when he had 190s ERA, right? 2020 he had a five ERA, almost a six ERA that year. Uh, yeah, he was. Again, he's kind of a guy that's inconsistent, but that's kind of the game of relievers, right? Relievers are are inconsistent. Sometimes they're really good, and sometimes they're really bad. Uh, so I I like that. I like Adovino, but again, use my. Um, my opinions with a grain of salt because I also liked Loop last off season. We didn't get Loop, and it turned out that was probably a good thing. So again, uh, some of the other guys, Lugo. Uh, now again, Lugo is one of those guys been on the team quite a while, and I I think he's really good. I this year I remember in the middle of the year he kind of struggles a little bit, but I think he's been relatively good, right? Yeah, relatively, it seems like he's he's had around a three ERA, which is not bad. That's I mean that's decent. He's not he's not going to be a lights out guy. But he's going to be a decent guy, and he's one of the the actual pitchers in our bullpen this year that I trusted. Right, one of the few bullpen pitchers I trusted. Um, I mean, I would keep Lugo. I like Lugo, um, and again, just like I was saying with the starting pitchers. If you find someone that's better, just get them. You know, we we have the money. We're, we're Steve Cohen. We have the money. If there's someone better than Lugo, let Lugo walk and just sign him. You know? Um, a couple other here I remember. Trevor May. Trevor May is making a lot of money. And frankly, I don't think that he's worth the amount of money we were paying him. Uh, especially this year. I think last year, 2021, I think he was better. Um, but, I mean, I like him as a personality. I like, occasionally, I watch his YouTube videos, and he does the YouTube videos inside the clubhouse and stuff like that, which is fun to see. It's fun to see that. Um, but I think if you're talking about trying to win now, right, I again, I, I think him specifically, compared to Lugo and compared to... Um, Compared to Lugo and Adovino, I think May, out of those three, is the one I trust the least. Uh, Givens, Michael Givens has a mutual option. Um, Now, Michael Givens, I don't really, right, we trade for him at the deadline. Let me see. Michael Givens, do a little research about him here. He, he had, he had a... Almost a five year rate just with us this this year, right? Uh, he had a three year a three thirty eight ERA 
between the Cubs and us, but he had, a, you know, so he had a 338 ERA this year. Um, I mean, he played for Buck in Baltimore. I guess Buck likes him. I think he was, you know, I think he was okay. I think he had a bad start. Like many of the trade deadline acquisitions had a bad start and that put a bad taste in everyone's mouth and, and no one looked at him positively the rest of the year. But I think after the first couple weeks, I think he was decent. I haven't seen him play enough to really tell you yes or no. But again, I, I think if you're talking about, or if I were to do a tier list, I think Edwin Diaz is, is like S++, right? He's, he is the one you got to resign. And then I would say A tier is Lugo and Adovino. And then like Maine Givens is, is down, right? They're maybe C tier or B tier, right? I, I would, I think you could definitely find upgrades over those two. I think Adovino and Lugo are a little bit better than they are. Diaz is obviously the best out of all of them, out of any of the relievers here. Um, so, yeah. Anyone else here? I, I, I mean, uh, the, the rest of these will go through, um, you know, in the next episode, all the actual pitchers and which ones I want. So I believe that's it. I believe I'm going to do a quick, quick search, but I believe those are all of the Mets. I know, I think Naquin's a free agent, if I remember correctly. And I know they can, there's a team option for, um, for Voldemort this year. So, I mean, I kind of talked about him last, last time. That if I can, if you can upgrade over him, that's great. Yeah, Naquin is another one uh, where he's a free agent. He's a bench bat. I mean, yeah, if if you can do better than him, that's great. The bench bat. If you do that thing I said with Trey Turner and you move Kamet to the bench, that's a big upgrade. Uh, a big guy I forgot about. A big guy I forgot about. Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams really has been the unsung hero this year. I know everyone's been saying it. So that doesn't really make him unsung. That makes him sung. But, <laughs> you know, he he's he's not a an attractive name. He's not a big, big-named reliever, a big-named starter or whatever. But he can do both, right? He was a spot starter here and there. And and he, he was a really good multi-inning reliever. I want him back. I want him back. I, I like Williams. I really do like him. Uh, I would maybe even put him above Lugo, below Diaz, because Diaz is Diaz. I'd maybe put him above Lugo and Adovino, just because Williams gives you that versatility. He gives you that option of, well, if we need a spot starter, we could put Williams there. Or if we need a multi-inning guy, we can put Williams there. If we just need an inning, we could still use Williams there, right? You could use him in a whole bunch of different places. And again, uh, Vogelback is the only other one that I talked about who I, I think had a bad half of a year. And I think um, I think he'll be better next year. But if you find someone better, like last episode I talked about Jock Peterson. If you sign Jock Peterson, as much as I love Vogelback, his personality, you know, all, all the you know fan reception with him, I love that. But if you're getting Jock Peterson, I'm sorry, Vogelback, you, you got to go. 
Um, so yeah, th- those are all the free agents that are Mets this year. So the Mets players that are are free agents, they could resign. They they could go to different teams. I talked about the uh, so yeah, Nimmo's really the only offensive guy who's big who's a free agent. And I talked about the rest of the offensive free agents last week. Uh, next, the next episode is going to be about all of the pitchers who are free agents who are not Mets. So I'll go through who I think maybe should replace Tywan Walker, who should replace Cookie, um, you know, or what what bullpen pieces should we get? We'll talk about that in the next episode. Soon, soon, I do want to talk about Shohei Otani, dream scenario this offseason. I mean, would help our pitching. He's he's your number two, number three star. If you have DeGrom, Scherzer, and Otani as your one through three starters, and and then you don't have to worry about DH, that's that's for a future episode. But I'm just saying, it's fun to look into the future and see what, what could happen. So, yeah, these are... Today, we talked about all the Mets that are free agents, what I would do with them, personally. Um, and we'll see. Again, there there might be teams that go crazy. Like people said, uh, rumors, again, rumors said that the Rockies were going to go all in on Nimmo because Nimmo was a Rockies fan growing up because the Rockies were the closest ones to Wyoming. Um, rumors say that the Rangers are going to go all in on DeGrom and um, one of the New York no- newspapers had Diaz in, in, in pinstripes and the Yankees were going to go after him. There's all rumors. Just remember, they're rumors. They're not, there's nothing. Unless I hear it from Ken Rosenthal, Jeff Passan, or Anthony DeComo, I'm taking it with a grain of salt. Um, Just remember that. So, So don't, you know, Go to sleep tonight. Don't stay up over, oh, the Rangers are interested in DeGrom from so-and-so. Just remember that. Uh, so we're just going to have to wait and see until, you know, after the World Series. When the offseason comes, things get a little bit more serious. We get a little bit more in-depth with rumors and, and stuff like that. And that's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you for listening this uh, to this episode. Uh, again, check out my last couple episodes and check out episodes coming in the future. So thank you. And as always, let's go Mets.